Alright, welcome to the Records Podcast. Today we have on Dom is it Dominic? Yeah. Dom- Dominic yeah, Middleton. How's it going, man? Yeah, it's going good. Can't complain. Glad good. to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh no problem. Yeah, so like as always, uh pretty much I just go on people's Instagram and just look up all your stuff and I saw you had a lot of like comic stuff on there and I was like, Alright, this guy's probably pretty interesting, so <laughs> I decided to pick you up. Uh what what's all that about? So, uh, with me, I'm just a big comic book fan, big superhero fan in general. Um, I'll just go ahead and put that uh, out there. I'm also on a uh, podcast that we call East Coast Avengers. Uh, it's me and four other guys, uh, JT, Josh, Christian, and uh, Darren. Uh, we just all get together at least once a week. We talk about all things comic so Marvel, uh, DC, and we even talk about Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Uh, we should go all about uh, nerdy things about that and with uh, how I got into comic books and superheroes uh, I believe my like early introduction was uh, Power Rangers when I was younger oh man yeah, so, I love Power Rangers <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, which one it was a light speed rescue I still had the VHS tape <laughs> so that was my early introduction and then got to the cartoon shows like uh, Justice League, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then what really got me into liking superheroes and getting into comic books was um, the Fantastic Four. I'm really a huge fan of uh, the Fantastic Four. They're probably my favorite superhero team in the really? world. Yeah. I know that's, that's like, crazy. That's rare. I don't think I've heard anybody say that. I know that's so <laughs> rare. And so like so I wanted the odd people that get like chosen now for uh, stuff like that, Ooh, but they okay. just hold like a special place in my heart because they're the ones who got me into Marvel, they're the ones who got me into comic books, so they really hold a special place in my heart, so I've just been a fan of comic books and superheroes for as long as I can remember. That's awesome. So like, um, with the Fantastic Four, like what, what makes you really into them specifically? Uh, but specifically, it's because uh, they're different from all other superhero teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Fantastic Four, they're, they're a family first before they're a team. Because they already have family members on the team with uh, the Invisible Woman and the Human Torch, uh, their brothers and sisters. Uh, and then you have uh, Invisible Woman marrying the Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic. And so, you know, that just became like a whole family dynamic for them. And then, of course, you know, Miss Fantastic and Invisible Woman have their own children. Um, and so they just became like a really, you know, really family-oriented superhero team. And that's what uh, made me fall in love with them. And it uh, really separates them from other superhero teams like the Justice League or the Avengers or the X-Men. Because, you know, they have like so many, many members uh, with those teams right there. While with the Fantastic Four, you know. Just four people. Those four, those four <laughs> people right, right there, even though they... Uh, even though they do get replaced sometimes, you know, they go on like leave or whatever they have to deal with, uh, but you know, they just stay consistent with it. One thing about that, like, comic series was um, I always liked the Silver Surfer. Yeah. I have no idea why. I don't even remember, like, who was the Silver Surfer? So, the Silver Surfer, uh, if I get his history correct, he, he's mainly known as a herald of Galactus, like the world planet either. I don't know if you've oh, ever heard okay. of him. So he's uh, he's mostly known for being his herald, but then he also has like you know some of his own solo adventures uh, that I can recall of at the moment. But he's been like a really popular character over time too, and so there were like rumors recently. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're just rumors that they were going to try and make at least even either a TV show or possibly a movie about him coming down mm. the line. So we'll see what happens with that. I bet that struck up after they had made that, the, like the Fantastic Four movies, and then mm-hmm. that brought they had brought in the Silver Surfer in those movies. Right. But uh, I think there was some other movie that was kind of like that. They had brought in a oh um, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Then they had like Venom like in a small scene, and then they made Venom. They just made the movie. Yeah. So uh, so that was in the last Spider Man movie, Spider Man Three, that trilogy. So he had kind of like had a small part in that. Uh, in that movie right there, and then of course Venom had his own movie that came out last year, which turned out to be really, really successful. And then they're on their way to making a sequel of that movie too. Really, yeah. I actually haven't even seen the movie. Was it really that good? Uh, it's good. I don't think it's that good. As <laughs> uh, but no, I, I enjoy. I actually watched it a, a couple of times, and it's pretty enjoyable. That's legit. Okay. 
Uh, I know they just, they screwed up the Hulk. I remember, <laughs> like I remember as a kid watching the Hulk, and uh -huh. I was like, "This is awful." I mean, when I was a kid, I thought it was awesome, but like yeah. watching it now, I'm like, "Man, they screwed mm -hmm. that up." But yeah. they they kept remaking those though. Mm -hmm. I thought that was that was pretty crazy. Yeah, so I know, like, especially after the last Avengers movie that came out, uh, Dispatch, I know, kind of a lot of people. I kind of put like negative opinions toward the Hulk. Mm -hmm. I don't have I have my opinions about him, but I think <laughs> overall he's still a great character. They just, you know, didn't make him as. We just need a more Hulk instead of more Bruce Banner. I'll put it uh, that way. Yeah. Yeah, because it was a lot of Bruce Banner, not enough Hulk, in my opinion. Mm. So maybe they just wanted like for somebody to relate to, like right. to create the more, I guess, personable aspect of mm -hmm. the Hulk. That's, that's pretty interesting. So, um, you go to like Comic Cons and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I just started getting into those like late last year, I want to say. Hmm. So, what, what started you like, you just like, just talking about comics isn't enough? I need to, <laughs> I need to go to these things. Yeah, so like, I always wanted to go to like the big ones like San Diego Comic Con and uh, uh, possibly New York, which I'll be going to uh, this uh, weekend. And so what got me into Comic-Con, so I saw that uh, we even have our own Comic-Con here uh, down in Memphis, Memphis what? Comic Expo. What? Right, right, a lot of people did not know about that. I'm and so, yeah, so it's actually uh, happening this month, October 19th and 20th, so it's on a Saturday and Sunday. So I, uh, so I went to that, my first one was in 2017. And so it's, it's not a big Comic-Con, it's definitely a small one, more oh, intimate. Okay. Uh, it's definitely more tailored towards like artists and com comic creators, which is fine. I actually like that. Um, and you know, going there uh, in 2017, it was definitely a fun experience for me. Uh, I didn't dress up then because I was trying to get like a feel of it, so I just came there like as myself, basically. And funny part was that I didn't even know that um, Walter E. Jones, the original Black Power Ranger, was there. And so, <laughs> and so when I saw him like sitting at his table, I was like, yo, that's, that's Zach right there. <laughs> that's Zach. I like grew up watching no him. Way. And so like I went to go, me and I got a picture with him and everything. I I think I got like starstruck a little bit. I don't so think I would have even noticed. I mean like recognized him. Uh, no, he still looks exactly <laughs> He looks exactly like he did uh, 20 plus years ago. Jesus. And so I went to go talk to him. He he was basically probably one of the nicest people that I ever met. That's awesome. So I got a picture with him. We did like a little morphing sequence. <laughs> and I held his uh, morphing too. It was pretty good. I got to show you. Uh, did he have like his original like morphing? I want to say it was the original, or it's probably like an exact replica oh, of like, it. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know which one it is, but I actually awesome. got to hold it. So I was like freaking out when I got to hold it. That's crazy. Yeah. So who else was there? Uh, he he was the main one there that year, and then this last year. You said this is in Memphis, right? Oh, uh, yeah, this is oh. still in Memphis. So uh, last year, and this, uh, this one coming up uh, in a few weeks. Uh, Chris Claremont, he, he's a comic writer, he's basically known for um, writing the uh, X-Men back in the 80s and uh, possibly the 90s I want to say, so he's a real big name when it comes to comic writing. So he's been responsible for uh, some of the X-Men's uh, biggest storylines to date, like uh, Days of Future Past when uh, Shadow Cat gets her mind transported back into her younger body to try to save, you know, the mutant and human race. Uh, from extinction from uh, Sentinels, and then of course the uh, Dark Phoenix saga when Jean uh, Grey gets the uh, Phoenix persona uh, and then she just goes crazy and whatnot and starts destroying planets and people. <laughs> so uh, so he's mainly known for those two uh, stories, and then also he's he created new characters uh, within, within the X-Men. I know he created one of my favorite characters, uh, Gambit. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he's Called a raging cage and uh, yeah, it's always been one of my favorite characters. Yeah, so he's all with uh, always with the cars and that's like his main weapon and everything. Uh, so I got to meet him last year. He he was pretty cool. He was pretty laid back. Um, and then I think that's all <coughs> people that I met at uh, Memphis Comic Expo. And then Jerry King Lawler, he's always there every year. Is he really? Mm -hmm. He's there every year. So that was something that I had no idea about. Mm -hmm. um, what is it? So going down toward um, 
Germantown Parkway. Right. That restaurant and uh, what's it called? It's like I think it's Lawler or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's I, I'm guessing it's his. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's his. Yeah. And I was like Jerry King Lawler. <laughs> yeah, because I know he has his own restaurant on Bill Street. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I haven't been there. Yeah, I don't know why I haven't now. Always said I wanted to go there. I know it was over there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, there's one down toward. Um, if you're going down Germantown Parkway, mm-hmm. going into Germantown, right? There's one that's on your right. It's um, gosh, it's before Shelby Farms. Uh, you know where the butcher shop is? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's, it's before the butcher shop, probably like two minutes or something mm-hmm. before that. And uh, I, I can't think of the name of it. It's I think it's like a barbecue place. That's mm-hmm. what I'm I think uh, like Lawler's or something. It might be called Lawler's. I don't know. I think I know what you're talking about. Is that right by the butcher shop? Butcher shop. Uh, I know, like the restaurant, like colors is coming up. Yeah, I think it's like red and yellow. Yeah, it's like a red, yellow, red and white uh, type of restaurant. I can't remember the name of it because I used to go down there. uh, We'll go pass by almost all the time. So is he from like the Memphis area? I believe he is. Oh. Yeah, so so he's really, really big here in Memphis. And they always, uh, whenever we have a wrestling night with the Grizzlies, uh, he's always there. He's always like the main entertainment. Mm. He's always like the main guest. Okay. So he's really, really big here in Memphis. That's crazy. So is there like anybody else who's like really involved with stuff like that in the Memphis area? I, I know we, we literally just met, but <laughs> uh, I've just moved here in like April. Okay. So, uh, gosh, what's that woman's name? She was in, uh, do you, did you ever watch uh, American Horror Story? Yes. So she was like the old, oh, she was in charge of the circus. Um, okay, I think that's probably one of the seasons that I skipped. Dang, that was a good one. Like, it was, it started really slow. With the circus, uh, was it Freak Show? Yeah, the Freak Show. I skipped that season. Oh, I know, I did. No, so, <laughs> it started really slow. Uh-huh. So, at first, you're going to start watching, you're like, okay, I skipped this for a reason. But then, like, I'd say probably three episodes in, cause I think there's only, like, maybe ten or so episodes, because mm-hmm. they're, like, an hour long. But, um... Yeah, it gets it gets really good. Like, there's a lot of plot twists and stuff like that that you would like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. So you know, a typical American horror story. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the woman that's in that one, gosh, what else did she play? I think she was in charge. Okay, did you see the one, uh, the Asane Asylum? Kathy Bates. Yes, Kathy Bates. Uh, she's a uh, White Station alum. I remember that about her. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so yes. I remember they taught us that uh, when I was an orientation guide at the University of Memphis, they're like, you need to mention like these celebrity names, you know, they're actually from Memphis. Oh. So I was like, okay, I didn't know about uh, Kathy Bates. So, yeah. yeah, that was pretty uh, cool, to, uh, cool to learn about yeah. that. So for the podcast, I was trying to just like Google people who were from Memphis and she popped up and I actually contacted her, um, I guess like her management group mm-hmm. and I guess I was not in their price range. <laughs> I was not popular enough for them and they were like, well, thank, thank you for contacting, but sorry. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I had no idea she was from Memphis, but mm-hmm. I, I think she comes around and does certain stuff like speaks yeah. uh, at certain events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What, what, why did they want you to like mention like Memphis people? Because, uh, you know, we tried to teach, when, well, when I was an orientation guy, so our main duty was to uh, show freshmen uh, how to get uh, used to coming into a new school, getting it get uh, used to their new environment, mm, uh, get okay. tours around campus. So we just try to make freshmen feel comfortable whenever they uh, come in and try to get ready for a new chapter in their life. Yeah. And so we will always give like tours and stuff around around campus and whatnot. And so we have this part in our tour where we said, like, oh, we have you know these uh, famous celebrities who are actually from Memphis. I think some of them actually attended the University of Memphis as well too. I can't think of them at the top of my head. But uh, yeah, that's what uh, that's why we uh, mentioned uh, Memphis celebrities. That's awesome. So, uh, is that what you do as like for a job? I don't even know what you do. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so I just uh, started this job a little over a month ago. I I start I start from the beginning. So I was a University of Memphis uh, student. I attended from 2014 through 2019. I graduated with my bachelor's in sport and leisure management in December 2017 and just got my master's this past May in sport commerce. And so now uh, now I have a job with the University of Memphis. 
uh, I work as the assistant coordinator of University Events and Special Projects. And what I do with that uh, title is I help plan and coordinate and set up our big university events that we have. So nice. we have like a, uh, like a board of trustees meeting or like an event that involves like the president. That's something that I'm involved with. Okay. And so I'm involved with a little bit of at the legs as well too. Because I help uh, them with I help them with our football games a lot, and then I'll be uh, down in a couple of days to help them with uh, Mar I'm sorry, not March, uh, Memphis Madness uh, <laughs> that's coming up uh, on this Thursday as well. Uh, so I just you can say I kind of do a little bit of everything involved yeah. with events at the U of M. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot, but I'm I love it. I love the people in my department, uh, and it's a lot to learn. But I'm learning new stuff almost every day. That's awesome. So how did you like get into that role? Did you just like this is what I want to do? Or? Um, so I knew for myself that I want to stay here in Memphis, and I would be, and I would be fortunate enough if I could work for the University of Memphis. So I so after I graduated, I just started like applying, applying, applying for different jobs around Memphis, mainly for the University of Memphis. So so I so I started upon like months and months and months. Um, and then I saw this position come up and one of my professors said, uh, hey, you know, this could probably be a good position for you because uh, she was always on the lookout for me. And so I, I looked at the job description and I said, okay, I get to uh, work in uh, external relations. We do a little bit with uh, athletics, so that's kind of like right up my alley. And then when I looked at the department, I already knew like five or six people in that department. <laughs> so it was like, okay, I actually know some of these people, so I hope that helps, you know, give me the job and whatnot. Yeah. And then now I'm here today, you know, fortunate enough and blessed enough to have this job that I have. So it's just been great, you know, so far. So I really can't complain about it. That's awesome. So what do you think is like the best part about the job as far as, you know, um, like the people you work with? I, I saw you um, had pictures with like certain people like Moneybagio. Uh -huh. So people. that was uh, one where I was, uh, I used to be in a band at Memphis too. Oh, okay. So yeah, I've been a band kid ever since I was in middle school. Uh, I know I don't look like it, but <laughs> I actually am. But uh, so yeah, I've been involved with the band uh, at U of M. Uh, almost all of my college career, uh, even in my graduate career, I thought I wouldn't have time, but I was like, you know, I'll, I'll make some time for it a little bit. Okay. So, yeah, so I got to meet like a whole bunch of different people, you know, just by going to the University of Memphis and not actually working there as well, too. So, it's just been a fun ride so far. That's awesome. So, like, uh, did you do band in high school and then you got, did you get a scholarship or did you just? Yeah, like, I did get a, uh, I did do band in high school. I went to Overton High School. That was, uh, that's mainly advertised as the uh, creative and performing arts school here in Memphis. Is it like a private school? Uh, no, it's a public school. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's located out in uh, East Memphis off of Mount Moriah, Mendenhall, that area over there. And then I ended up getting a scholarship. Uh, to go to the University of Memphis. Um, at first, I wanted to go to the uh, University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. um, thank God I didn't go there. I always say that. Because uh, uh, that was like a dream school for me. I was like, okay, I can get out of Memphis. Uh, you know, I can be on my own somewhat when I go up there. And so I went to go audition for them. And I was like, you know, you, you were one of our best auditions that we heard uh, this year for the uh, freshman in common class. So I was like, great. And then I didn't hear nothing back from them for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, you know what's going on? That's crazy. And then I was like, am I going to get a scholarship? Am I in the band? They were like, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, you're in the band, but you know we can't give you a scholarship because you're not a music major. I was like, oh. yo, what? What the hell? What did I do? <laughs> and so like, so I just kind of like felt bad for myself, like for like weeks and weeks. And then my band directors. Uh, they're like, you know, why don't you try Memphis? You already know people over there. Mm. Uh, they know who you are. They know how you play. And so I was like, okay, I'll go try out for Memphis. So when I did my audition for them, I actually did have, like, my music on me. Mm. So I forgot at the house. But thankfully, my jazz director, he was like, you know, I heard your um, I heard your all-state audition tape, and you were probably the best person that I heard. Damn. And he was like, "I'll go, I'll go ahead and use that as your audition instead of you know just memorizing you know, <laughs> your music." That's I said, crazy. Oh, okay, so I was like, "Are we done here?" And he was like, "Yeah, go ahead. You're 
you're in the bed. I'll try to figure out your <laughs> story. I was like, okay, I that's appreciate wild. it. So yeah, that's all that happened with me when it comes to uh, music. Sure. So um, okay, so what do you play? Saxophone. Saxophone. Yeah. So for saxophone, um, do you need to know like? How much music do you really know as far as like uh, a broad spectrum? You know, like people who can say like uh, they read music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like so, I've read a variety of music. Uh, with me as a musician, um, I know it's kind of weird and whatnot. I I can't play by ear. Mm-hmm. I I always tell myself I have a bad ear, but my jazz director was like, "No, you do have a good ear. You just don't realize." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so, uh, so I'm always like, I'm always a good reader. I'm a great sight reader and whatnot. So I play like a variety of different uh, musicians. So we always play from uh, like Duke Ellington, Count Basie. Uh, Make sure this mic is uh, like close to your. Okay, if you need to adjust it, you can do it. Oh yeah, this is mine right here. So uh, I know uh, like John Philip Sousa, uh, Louis uh, Louis Armstrong. Just a uh, variety of different jazz artists, a variety of uh, classical artists. Uh, if you can name some, I probably played them in band at some point in my That's life. Wild. So yeah. So do you uh, do you play like outside of like band stuff, or do you, you know you play with a group of people or anything like that? Actually, I don't. But I kind of been thinking about it recently. I don't because my schedule is just so busy mm. uh, throughout the day. It's just like, you know, I don't have time. I'm always tired after I get off work. I want to go home and take a nap and eat. So it's so I don't, I always I don't have the time, but like myself as always, I have to make the time for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully I can try to find something, you know, later on in life. Uh, I still, I pick up my saxophone sometimes just to like play around the house or whatnot. just. No, just because I miss playing saxophone, I miss you know being in the band too. So, uh, so I do pick around and uh, play with it sometimes. I always wanted to like play some sort of instrument that was like like saxophone or trumpet or something like that. I just thought they were cool. Yeah, it's like, never too late. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought about picking up the uh, harmonica. Okay. I, yeah, I don't I don't know something. It seemed like it was easy, mm-hmm. like it was simple, just because it's small, and I was like. That wouldn't be too bad to like, you know, be a beginner. Cause I don't, I don't really know how to play an instrument for real. Like I can, like when I was little, um, I used to play the drums, but like I can just keep rhythm. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing, but I could keep rhythm with whatever the beat was, and you know, yeah. hit the hi hats, hit the snare, hit the bass, and stuff like that. But I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> and then um, now I've been like learning how to play piano. So I was in. Um, I was in school for Full Sail University doing okay. audio production, but um, I, I dropped out because it's time. Like <laughs> I'm an automation technician at Owens Corning, okay. And so basically, I I was like, nah, I don't have time for this. So, uh, and then plus they want you to go like really in depth. Like they want you to they want you to be like Beethoven when right. you get out of there. And I was like, nah, I don't have time. <laughs> I was just really doing it just to learn about music, just to mm-hmm. learn what to do and everything. So when I, I decided to just stop doing it because I didn't have the time and, you know, I, I remember some of the stuff, um, I, any kind of files they gave us, like I would try to save them and, you yeah. know, so I could look back at them, but it's, music is a lot. It it's is. a lot to know. Yeah, it is. And thankfully I had like, you know, the skill, you know, to actually do it, actually learn some stuff and still, you know, kind of retain the information. So I know like if I pick up my saxophone again for you know something serious like I'm doing a gig or whatnot I know I'll be like a little rusty but once I get back into it you know I'll be good to go mm. uh, what else do you do uh, like for the school and whatnot do you um, let's see I saw you were doing something I can't remember gosh I can't remember what it was <laughs> yeah I mean I guess I've done a lot uh, with the school because I was involved a lot, especially in my undergrad years. I was involved in different organizations. I was involved with uh, our Sport Marketing Association, uh, our St. Jude Up to uh, Dawn organization. Uh, what else? Last college I learned. It, it, it was a lot that I was involved in, so I always like tired myself out. <laughs> <laughs> especially during like my sophomore and junior year, I kind of tired myself out. And then I did, uh, of course, my internships. 
Uh, most recently, I did uh, two seasons with the All Zone Liberty Bowl. I don't know if you never heard of that. It's our, uh, mm. it's our uh, college bowl game that we have here in Memphis. Okay. And last year, we had uh, Missouri and Oklahoma State, I believe. But I know the year before, uh, we actually had Memphis in the All Zone Liberty Bowl, which was the first time you know, they played in their home, yeah. you know, their home city for a bowl game. And they went went against uh, Iowa State. That's so, cheap. <laughs> <laughs> at your own uh, stadium for a bowl game. That's cheap. Uh, a lot of Memphis players were upset, but the fan turned out turned out to be good. You yeah. know, for us, for our organization, exactly. it's like so it's game. good for our organization, but kind of bad for like the players and the yeah. band and whatnot. Because I was in the band at that time. Because I was like, okay, I want to travel. But I don't want to travel. Yeah, yeah. That, at that time, so so I was like basically like back and forth during that time with my organization, and still being with the band at that point, because mm. he had to do band stuff for uh, all his own liberty balls. So it was like, okay, I gotta go be with the band, and then once I'm done with that, I gotta go straight to work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did. So I did two seasons with them. Uh, I did an internship in Georgia, uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, uh, with the Georgia Games. Uh, I was there. Um, what was my position? Open Masters Track and Field uh, Coordinator. I worked with. Uh, <laughs> what is that? So I was uh, in charge of our uh, Open Masters, which is uh, basically 18 and up uh, track and field event. So I basically had to go like market out to whole state of Georgia, uh, help plan our event, get our stadium uh, ready for it, uh, just to like just to help run like an actual sporting event. So that's what I kind of did with my position there. Uh, of course, I had a few uh, positions uh, with the University of Memphis Athletic Department. I was their game day media intern. I was their marketing intern for a couple of years. Um, ticket sales intern for a year. Uh, what else? I that, think that's probably it, what I did with Memphis Athletics. And then um, worked with the Memphis Redbirds and had the opportunity to work uh, our AAC tournament, our conference tournament, when it came here to Memphis this past year, and the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16 and Elite 8, when it came here a couple of years ago as well. That's so awesome. I kind of did, did a lot uh, in my early days in college. Well, not early days in college, just all throughout college. Yeah. So what do you, uh, I guess, plan on taking from the experience that you're getting from working with this job? you plan on uh, cont just continuing doing that? I do plan on continuing to do that, and, uh, you know, as soon as I started my job at Memphis, you know, I just kind of, like, fell in love with it, and I was told myself, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, staying at Memphis for the rest of my career, as long as I keep moving up, even if it's with different departments I keep moving to, just as long as I keep moving up, I will be fine with myself, I'll be good to go. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so it just, you know, wherever God takes me, uh, where to be, somewhere with athletics, or, you know, somewhere different, uh, you know, I'll just be grateful for it. So, that's, that's all I think about. I, I think I tried to apply for, like, some sort of job that's kind of similar to, like, what you do from the <laughs> University of Alabama. That's where I'm from, is Alabama. Okay. And um, I, th I think they gave me, like, an, an email back saying I just, you know, didn't make the job. And mm -hmm. I was like, dang, that would have been pretty cool. <laughs> but, um, those jobs, like working for schools, is it's a great opportunity because you get to meet tons yeah. of people, and then you know you just your literal job is to be around fun. Like <laughs> whatever an event is, that's what your job is to do. Right. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, let's see? Do you think that you'll be able to go other places with uh, with like the experience you have, or is that just something where it's like? Uh, it's, it's really just helped you out in the Memphis area. So, like, let's say if you wanted to go to, like, Knoxville. Or oh, yeah, it, it definitely will help me out uh, with that. I think it's just with my preference. Uh, you know, I've been, I was born and raised here in Memphis, like, my whole entire life. I just became, you know, so accustomed to Memphis. I fell in love with Memphis, especially after I attended college. It's just, you know, my preference is to actually stay with Memphis. And my boss, she actually worked for the University of Memphis for 30 years, I want to say, uh, that long. So she just, so you know, she just been like moving on up, moving on up, moving on up. 
uh, within the University of Memphis. So, and then of course, some other people in our department too as well. Uh, so I actually, as I said, before, I wouldn't mind you know, staying at the University of Memphis, but it would definitely help me out if I wanted to go you know, someplace else uh, if I decide that in the future. Do people ever like talk to you about that, like uh, other places? Because you know, some jobs they'll, uh, if you're doing well, people right. really want you to, they'll try to steal you away. Have you ever had any like people try to pick you up or anything? Um, not really. Uh, maybe like in the statewide area they have, uh, but it was just due to like, uh, you know, due to the uh, timing, it just wasn't right mm. for me. Um, so yeah, I think it's a little bit of that right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, Memphis is, I think it's a really nice size for me because mm -hmm. I like big cities, but not too big. That's me right there. Yeah. Like, I've been to, uh, I've been to Los Angeles and I was like, this is cool and all, but to visit. <laughs> I think that's going to that's gonna be me when I go to New York uh, this weekend because I know that's one of the biggest cities in the world, basically. So and I know I've never, never been. This will yeah. be my first time going, so. I know I'm going to be overwhelmed as soon as I step foot yeah. down to the airport. <laughs> so I know I'm just going to be like, oh my God. I get down. But thankfully I have one of my friends uh, that's up there. So he'll show me around a little bit oh. whenever I get done with uh, New York Comic Con stuff uh, during the day. And so we'll hang out during the night and then uh, he'll basically show me around. So, oh, okay. Did you have like a set schedule or uh, yeah, do they just have like an open... It's kind of set uh, when I go up there because uh, just during the day, I'll be at New York Comic Con all day. So that's from like 10 to 5 or 10 to 7 p.m., I want to say. And then uh, after that, you know, I just kind of do whatever I want after that. Oh, okay. So what do you do at the Comic Con? Is it just like a meet and greet or is it? Uh, it's a lot of things that goes on at Comic Con. And then especially with uh, New York, uh, that's one of the biggest Comic Cons here in this country or possibly in the world. So I know there's going to be a ton more stuff to do. Of course, they have, you know, their meet and greets uh, with celebrities that they have up there this year. Uh, they have uh, cosplay contests where you can just uh, see when the prize you got the best, you know, costume uh, at all Comic Con. Um, what else what defines have? you as, like, the best costume? Do you just have to, like, look extremely similar to the to the real thing or something? It just it depends on the judges. <laughs> so I, I can't say. I think it I think it is what you say in my opinion. I think it is, you know, oh, okay. how similar you look, you know, to that actual character. Oh. So that's what I think about it. Um but you have cosplay contests, they have games, panels, um, it's just a bunch of things that they have going on at New York Comic Con. So I know I won't be able to do all the things but yeah. I'll try to do as much as I can. I know I want to try to get photo ops with some celebrities up yeah. there. I know they have uh, the two biggest celebrities up there are Tom Hillston and Paul Rudd. And uh, nice. Tom Hillston, uh, you know, he's mostly known right now for playing Loki in the Marvel films. Okay. And then Paul Rudd, uh, he's known now for playing Ant-Man in the Marvel films. Yeah. But some people might recognize Paul Rudd from like Anchorman or yeah. uh, Friends or Clueless, uh, I think those are probably his most notable roles that I can think of right now. And then of course, you know, they have like some smaller guests. Um, they have, uh, I want to get at least a picture or a video with Tom Kenny. He's the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I have to get a picture with a picture or a video with yeah. him because, you know, he's been part of my entire life, basically. <laughs> um, and then I also have more Power Rangers up there as well, too. So they have, um, and then they have Karen Ashley up there. She was the second Yellow Ranger, first African-American uh, female Ranger on the show. Um, who else would they have? Um, her character's name was Aisha, so people don't remember her. Now, um, which Power Ranger was that? She was a part of the Mighty Morphin franchise. Uh, she was. She came after three of the original Rangers left, and they were replaced by uh, Aisha and two other characters oh, as well. Okay. Uh, so, so I remember, um, gosh, Jason, the red one, mm -hmm. and then uh, Tommy was the green one. And I, I met him this past year too. Wait a minute, was Tommy the green and white? Tommy was green and white. What was the story behind that? I don't so, even remember. I think 
when he was first introduced, he was introduced as a bad guy. Yeah. And so the White um, Ranger was supposed to, be, or no, was it the Green? The Green one was supposed to be good, but then he turned. I mean, he was bad, but then he turned good. Oh. Okay. After that, and then I think. I remember he had that flute. Right. Yeah. 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 And so I think they decided to change his color after one season, change it to white. They just snuck that in there. <laughs> I, think, I, I think no. I think there's like a whole storyline with that because oh, uh, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I don't. I don't well, yeah, he's been in that franchise for so long, and he's still, you know, involved with the Power Rangers to this day. Uh, so I actually got to meet him this past year uh, at MegaCon in Orlando. I met there were other Power Rangers too. I met uh, Jason David Frank, who played Tommy, uh, Karen Ashley, uh, who played Aisha, the second Yellow Ranger, and then I met uh, Nakia Burris, who played Tanya, who was the uh, third Yellow Ranger who was right after uh, Aisha. So she was in Power Rangers Zeo and Power Rangers Turbo, if I remember correctly. I remember Turbo. Yeah, so she she was the uh, Yellow Ranger. I remember that movie. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I was, yeah. I went to go see that movie in theaters. Uh -huh. I was, I was so yeah, so I remember, I remember me and them, I was like, I could, I could barely talk at that point when I first saw them. Because <laughs> I was just walking out of my own business, just looking around, and then I see a familiar face right next to me, and I was like, wait a minute, aren't you Tanya from the Power Rangers? You're here? And I didn't know about that. So, and we actually had like a long conversation when I went to her booth. Uh, her and um, Karen Ashley, we both had a long conversation. They were. They were basically probably the nicest people that I ever met, especially uh, Karen Ashley, because she's she's so much like her character Aisha in Power Rangers. She was like you know bubbly, very energetic. Uh, she still has that same voice too, so it just instantly brought me back to my childhood. <laughs> so yeah, so there were uh, a few of the Power Rangers that I met, and then some more at New York Comic Con would be um, the guy who played uh, Rocky. Uh, the red, the red, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Ranger after uh, Jason left. Uh, Steve Carden, Carden, as I know I'm saying his last name wrong, he will be up there. And uh, I think, uh, I think uh, Jason, the original Red Ranger, will be up there too. I think I saw that correctly. Uh, Austin St. John. So I know I want to meet him as well. And then Kimberly, Amy Jo Johnson, she will be up there as well too. So it's just like, okay, now I'm just going to be wasting money. Like, I never want to be all of these people. Yeah. So Kimberly was uh, the the first pink one. Yeah, she was the very first pink ranger. Okay. Then yeah. was she, she was like, it was Jason. Okay. So Jason, there was, was there a yellow one in the first one? Uh, yeah, so the five original rangers were Jason, Billy, Zach, Billy. Kimberly, and Trini. Uh, the actress, uh, I can never say her name right, but uh, you know, she uh, actually passed away uh, That's right. in a, a car accident back in 2001 or two, I believe. Um, so uh, that's fortunate news, but um, so yeah, I think that's, those were the original Five Rangers and then Tommy came into the mix, you know, just a little bit. So. I still I consider him as an OG Ranger. I think yeah. some people don't, but you know, yeah. he's been in the franchise for so long. He's actually the longest running Ranger. Uh, it's just like you know, you might as well consider him as an OG. Does he still point. do stuff? He, yeah, he actually does still do stuff with the Power Rangers. Oh my god! So they actually had uh, I think it was their twenty fifth anniversary last year, or was it this year? Maybe, but actually, it probably was their twentieth. Uh, where they had like a bunch of uh, veteran Power Rangers come in, and of mm -hmm. course uh, Tommy was there as well. So he's always like, you know, the lead Ranger when it comes to uh, people coming back together. So he's always taking lead on that because you know he's uh, probably the most well, not probably he is the most popular Ranger. And he is the longest running Power Ranger as well too. That's so wild. so he still does stuff with the Power Rangers a little bit. That's, do you know how many uh, different series they've had? Oh god, it's a bunch. I can't even uh, keep up because they have one currently right now on Nickelodeon called uh, Beast Beast Morphers. Um, I I watched a little bit of it. Um, I, I watch it on and off now, mm -hmm. but uh, it's a it's a pretty good series. Uh, you know, they still kind of have like that same 
you know, 90s corny stuff a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is good. I don't, mind, I don't mind at all. But, you know, it's still a, a good show to watch, too. That's wild. Yeah, I think I saw, so, you know, I saw the original. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Turbo. I remember, uh, gosh, it was like a Ninja one. Uh, Ninja Storm? Ninja Storm. Yeah. And then um, they had one that was kind of like, was it like a space or something? Power Rangers in space. <laughs> that's yeah. what they called it. Okay, and then that's that's about all the ones I really watched. Yeah. Well, there was one where they were like, it, I don't know if it was Ninja Storm or not, but I remember they were like, they were in like ninja type outfits. But then I feel like there was another one that mm-hmm. was like when they had like uh, like an actual dojo that they were always at. And stuff I like think. That. That one was probably Mystic for someone to say. Mm, okay. So yeah, so they they actually had like a bunch of them in like the two thousands and mid two thousand. Then they kind of like slowed down a little bit. But uh, yeah, and then it just recently picked back up in like the two thousand tens. So they're like still making series to this. That's thing. crazy. They're pumping those things out like uh, God. What's that video game I always make fun of? Um, <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they pump out Assassin's Creed games like every. They probably do one, at least one one a year. Right. Because okay, the let's see, they had the pyramid one, um, um, the like Egyptian one. What the heck was that one? I don't even remember the name of that one. But they had that one, and then they came out with the. Um, it was like the Spartan one, and I was like. Y'all just had one. <laughs> I'm always checking like PlayStation's, uh, the PS Plus stuff, uh-huh. and they're always like coming out with like expansion packs, and they're coming out with uh, bundles. Like, get these three uh, Assassin's Creed games. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus, they should just have it to where like you can pick uh, which games you want, and uh-huh. then just like pick this bundle of Assassin's Creed. Because <laughs> there's like a, I want to say there's at least twelve. Really? Me, is that much? Yeah, me and somebody else were like counting them, and I, I, I'm pretty sure there's about 12 or maybe 10. I might be exaggerating, but <laughs> I, I know there's a good bit of them, mm-hmm. and they've been coming out with them for years. They really, I remember they, um, I felt like they had copied, uh, shoot, what was that game? And they also made a movie about it. It was like the uh, Prince of Persia. Okay. Remember that one? Uh-huh, yeah. I don't, play, I don't play video games that much uh, anymore, but I have heard of it. Yeah, they made a movie out of it, and I think uh, I think Jake Gyllenhaal was uh, was the guy in the movie. Yeah, the movie was, eh, it was kind of weird, because, I mean, it was at a time where, like, CGI was in a phase, uh-huh. and so that's that was the main purpose of Prince of Persia, like, Duke could stop time, reverse time, and freaking... Um, run up walls and stuff like that so it was it was kind of weird but um, I, I think as far as like movies wise and like superheroes they're kind of they're kind of getting pretty good at this <laughs> like the, those movies are on top of everything um, let's see I think the Avengers movies were topping like yeah did they top Titanic or something like yeah, that yeah so Avengers Endgame you know that's Currently is now you know the biggest selling movie of all time. They passed really Jurassic World, Titanic, what? Avatar, which has held that uh, record for ten yeah. plus years now. So yeah, Avengers Endgame is now the number one movie of all time. That's as wild. Of right now. So yeah, so especially with Infinity War and Endgame, because those movies came a year apart. They just been breaking records, breaking records ever since they came out. Jeez. So that that's how you know how big, you know, Marvel Studios has came because it started with Iron Man in two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. and so now we're at Avengers Endgame, and it's just like look how far you know they've come. Yeah, and I've been following along ever since, so it's just like wow, it feels like I'm I'm like a part of it at this point <laughs> right now. Yeah, so it was just great to see you know how it all started, and then just to see it grow, and it's like they even I don't think they. Missed the beat. Of course, there haven't been uh, some movies that haven't been, you know, um, I won't say underperforming, but it's performed well, just not as well as other movies. Mm-hmm. But they just, they just haven't missed the beat as of yet, right now. And then now they're like, they're going into TV shows now with their, uh, of course, with the Disney Plus uh, streaming service coming out later this year. 
they're coming out with their own TV shows, and of course they're going to have more movies uh, in the future, and then uh, they're just constantly growing and growing and growing. So it's really interesting how they, how we're going to see how they evolve or change uh, years down the line. So it will be interesting to see how that happens. So what do you talk about on your podcast? Is it just, I know you're called like the Avengers. Right. But is it, is it just Avengers? Or? So uh, when we first started out, uh, well, I can't say when we first started out because I wasn't an original member. You usually start out with <laughs> You were added. I, I was an add-in. So, yeah, it was just basically those uh, four people. So, start off with JT, Josh, Darren, and Christian. And normally, uh, I came in around the second, third episode as, as a special guest. And I just kept on... You know, coming back on the show as a guest, and they're just like, you know, we'll just make you a member at this point. I was so like, did you okay. know those guys? Uh, I knew JT. Uh, we saw each other at Grizz games a lot because he works uh, with the Grizzlies as a team attendant. Okay. So we just always saw each other in past. I was like, hey, I know you are. So we just always like waved and uh, waved and talked with each other for a little bit, and then uh, I found out he was a Marvel fan. I was like, hey, you're a Marvel fan. I didn't know. He was like, yeah. And so, and then we actually, you know, saw each other again at the Avengers Endgame premiere this past year. <laughs> and so, uh, and then I saw uh, Josh and Christian uh, there uh, with them, but I didn't know who they are. And but now I do know who they were at that point. And so uh, I was asked, he asked me to come on the show as a guest because I was like, I need to talk about Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I need to talk to somebody because a lot of my friends had had seen it yet, so I was like, I need to let some spoilers fly. That's correct. At this point, so he asked me to come on the show. We talked about Avengers Endgame, and so we, so he just kept on asking me, you know, you want to come and do the episode again? I was like, okay, sure, yeah, I have some time. I thought I wouldn't have time, but I did have time to like keep doing more episodes. And I think around episode seven or eight, uh, we that's when they added me as an official member of the East Coast Avengers. So we we used we used to talk about like all things Marvel, uh, movies, comics, TV, video games, but uh, recently I think last month we just decided to expand like you know let's just not talk about Marvel. I know some people are more interested in DC, some more people are interested in uh, Star Wars or uh, any other type of uh, fandoms or any nerdy things uh, that's going on in this world. Yeah. So. We just decided to expand on that, so now we talk about Marvel, DC, uh, Star Wars, uh, a lot of other fandoms that uh, that's going on in this world. So we try to talk a little bit about everything, basically oh. at this point, which is great for us because now we can uh, now we can you know have more engagement with our listeners and whatnot. So it's great for us. I noticed that um, I think Marvel has all most of their characters are like like just humans they're like people you know what I mean then they just have superpowers but like DC is like all over the place like Superman right. alien um, what's the the Martian uh, Martian, Martian alien. yeah alien like mm-hmm. they're you know they have people from all over the place right and that's why I thought I was interesting because as you notice Marvel's movies take off mm-hmm. but uh, DC's does not and I think it's again going back to what I was talking about like the CGI like it's kind of hard to make a great movie about the Flash yeah. like a dude that you can barely see running mm-hmm. or like Superman who can run fast fly laser eyes x-ray like all this stuff and it's great for comics and cartoons mm-hmm. but for a real life movie it's kind of what am I really watching? Yeah, so I know uh, I actually like uh, some of the DC movies, you know, they've been great in my opinion. Some of them have just kind of been like a miss. But I feel like with the recent movies that came out with uh, Wonder Woman, Shazam, and Aquaman, you know, they they did pretty well. So I think they're like, you know, kind of like getting, you know, stepping in the right direction um, when it comes to making their movies. And so uh, now we have. Uh, Joker that's coming out uh, this weekend uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. So I'm really, really excited to see that movie. Okay. And then, of course, they, uh, they actually released a uh, Birds of Prey trailer, uh, Birds of Prey, that's um, 
it mainly focuses on Harley Quinn. Have you seen Suicide Squad? I actually haven't seen that. I've heard so, it's a great movie, but mm -hmm. I haven't seen it. So, uh, so it mainly focuses on Harley Quinn, but we actually have like some other, you know, DC female characters in there, like Huntress, uh, Black Canary. Um, who else is in there? I can't, I can't think of them. Out, think of that at the top of my head, but I think it's about three or four characters that are also headlined in the movie with. Uh, with Harley Quinn, so it'll be. Uh, I saw a trailer today. I thought it was a really great, fun trailer. So I'm uh, excited to see this movie when it comes out. Um, are are they keeping the same? God, what is her name uh, for Harley Quinn? Uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah, she's yeah. still. Uh, oh, they're keeping her. Own. Yeah, so she was one of the smart move. She, yeah, <laughs> she was one of the biggest uh, things in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like all the attention was like on her, and she plays the character so so well. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, it's a smart move to keep her. And Margot Robbie loves Harley Quinn, too, because she actually had, you know, some say of what should go on in Birds of Prey. Really? So that, that's just how, that just tells, you know, how much she loves that character. She loves that character, like, deep down in her heart. Mm. Uh, so She's like a lot of these actors, you know, love the characters that they play, uh, where they actually, you know, actually get to have a say in what happens with that character. Yeah. That's a, that's how it was with uh what's his name in Deadpool. Uh huh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, he said that he was like a huge Deadpool fan since mm -hmm. he was a kid and he was like that was his dream job was to be Deadpool. So yeah. That's pretty cool, like to be able to love a character as you're a kid and then grow up and be that character. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's really, really rare. The only person that I can think of is uh, Michael Chiklis who played uh, the thing in the two Fantastic Four movies, and he asked him in an interview saying like, you know, oh, I grew up, you know, watching Fantastic Four. The thing was my favorite character, mm. and then just to see him play, you know, the thing, and he played it very well too. Yeah, uh, it was just, you know, it's just really, really great to see that happen for him. What did you think about Black Panther as far as compared to the rest of the movies? I it's definitely like in the top top 10 movies for me when I'm uh, ranking my favorite MCU films. It's probably like number five in my book. Um, you know, that movie has just been, you know, so, so culturally impacted at when it just first came out. Not even when the movie came out, when like that first trailer came out. Everybody has just been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And that's actually one of, I think it was uh, Bob Iger who is the a CEO of Walt Disney Studios, I believe. Um, he actually said, uh, you know, Black Panther and Captain Marvel are his favorite MCU mm -hmm. films because of its cultural impact that it had, uh, with, especially with Black Panther, where it had with, uh, with black people in general. You know, we see, you know, black people, you know, taking so much pride in that when that movie uh, first came out. Yeah. And a lot of people did not know who Black Panther was. Yeah. <laughs> and so just to see, you know, um, a black you know character who is like a superhero he's a king of his own nation uh, he he was a star you know and Captain America Captain America Civil War he just like basically you know stole each scene that he was in that was just so refreshing to see uh, versus you know what you know black people are, are seeing in media when it comes to movies you know they're either playing like you know like slaves or they're playing gangbangers gangbangers and stuff <laughs> like that so it was just a refreshing feeling just to see you know somebody like us on screen in that type of uh, way yeah so it was it was definitely one of my favorite uh, Marvel movies of all time one thing I think is really interesting about Black Panther is that he's uh, you know even all of Wakanda is that they don't even though he's a superhero he seems really normal. Yeah. And then he just so happened, it's almost like, it's like almost like a souped up, sp um, not Spider-Man, uh, Batman. You know, mm -hmm. Batman's like a normal guy, but he knows all these martial arts and he right. just seems like a superhero, like with superpowers. But uh, Black Panther is, he's almost kind of normal. I mean, he's got the suit and, you know, he's, he runs super fast and do very acrobatic-like. So that's one thing I think is pretty cool. Again, going back to like being relatable helps people really like a character because they can like, oh, that's that's really cool. Like he's he's Jeff on Monday and black, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's being able to do that in movies, I think that's really cool. Yeah. 
Um, so with with all the knowledge that you have with all the comics and stuff, you've got to want to write some. Uh, I actually kind of did write something. <laughs> I, I do fan fiction on the side, you know, just for my own spare time. Um, so I have my fan fiction up on, oh my God, what's the name of that website? Because it's been a while since I've been on it. I have it on fanfiction.net. So I'm not familiar what that is, but I'm guessing it's where people create their own stories from yeah. other real stories. Uh -huh, yeah. Okay. So uh, with my fan fiction, my fan fiction, I uh, kind of like created like my own superhero team in the Marvel universe, mm. and I, I kind of like used myself in the story. I'm like, <laughs> I was like one of the main characters. So, uh, so my fan fiction is called the uh, the Vanguard. And uh, it's about uh, with my character. Uh, he used to be a member of the Avengers, but uh, his uncle actually made my uncle Nick Fury into a uh, bad bitch. And so Samuel L. Jackson is my uncle in the story. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he thought, uh, you know, it would be time for him to have his own team. Uh, you know, he's still young, you know, he's. Now, he learned a lot from being the Avengers, so he thought it would be great to venture out on his own and have his own superhero mm. team. So he like recruits uh, three other uh, members uh, that him and Fury know had superpowers, but the public didn't know. So they're like just regular people just hiding their superpowers. So he picks up those three people and recruits them to join his team. And then while that is happening, there's a villain up on the rise who who wants to have revenge on my character for something that he did years ago that uh, that I didn't know about? So uh, a lot. Crazy. So so uh, like I shared it with my friends. They said it was good. So I was just like okay. And so like now, uh, current. Well, I won't say currently until I get my laptop fixed. Uh, I'm kind of like working on the sequel uh, okay. to it as well. So I kind of like have the first chapter written out. But when I get my uh, laptop fixed with his keyboard, uh, I'll continue writing it. So with the fan fiction, is it just like a kind of like a blog on a website? Uh, I guess you could say it is kind of like a blog because uh, people just upload it, um, you know, whenever they uh, want to. It's kind of like a blog where like everybody else can uh, read it. So yeah, I guess you could say it is kind of like a blog. Now, do you just find people is it like profiles or something like that that you just like find other people's stories like yeah you can just like search you know whatever you're like interested. i want to find yours how would i uh so if you want to find mine you can uh type in the title of the band picture which is called the vanguard or you can just look up my actual name uh and uh and the search bar the search engine if oh, you okay. want to uh, find it uh, so that's how you can uh, find my fan fiction on there. That's really cool. So do you just have the Vanguard or do you have like... It's, other, it's just that one. It's just that one? Yeah. So if you wanted to branch out, would you like just have multiple ones on like uh, like the site or something like that? But mm -hmm. yeah. Look up? yeah, so like, because I know I want to try to write multiple stories with the Vanguard. So I know I have it all on that same uh, website. Um, so I know... I know one of them. I know the Vanguard is on fan, uh, fanfiction.net. I can, I cannot remember the other uh, site that I put it on because it's more popular than fanfiction.net. So I probably have to look it up pretty soon and then <laughs> try and get the information for people. Yeah, you can send it to me, and I'll put it into the YouTube link. Okay. People can just like look it up and they can check it out. All right. Um, is there? So the other people in the group with you, do they do that as well? They do the fan fiction stuff? Uh, one of them does. Um, he uh, he likes to write uh, Spider-Man fan fiction. As so I remember, he uh, he shared a chapter with me once. And I'll tell him, you know, oh, you you got to keep writing this. You know, this is <laughs> really, really good. And uh, I think we're the only two people that actually do fan fiction uh, in the group. Oh, okay. That's, that's a pretty cool thing because sometimes stories don't turn out the way you want them to. Or and you, you just, just, yeah. <laughs> and you're just, just like, you know what, I'll make my own story. <laughs> right? Did you watch Game of Thrones? I actually did not. So oh, I actually my God. To I know the last season has begun a lot of shit. Oh, man. Because I, cause a lot of my friends watch uh, Games of, Game of Thrones. 
So I like I follow it on Twitter whenever they tweet about it. Dude. So I remember when the last episode came out, I was out of town in Orlando. And so I was like, you know, I hope y'all enjoy y'all little finale tonight because I know how much they hated this season. <laughs> <laughs> and so just reading those tweets, I was like, wow, y'all, y'all really hate this show. So this is like, wow. I think people, honestly, the people who were like truly invested in that show, I think they just hated it because it was over. Like, I don't think they really hated it because it was um, like the ending. I think they just hated it because it was over. A lot of people told me was that, um, you know, they uh, some of the characters didn't deserve the ending that they deserved. Uh, the story didn't make sense uh, like that. It was a little bit of that um, when I read the uh, tweets about it. And so uh, that was a lot of what I saw. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you said, it could have been just because, uh, you know, it was actually ended. Yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting about that was people did start like, kind of like the fan fiction. People started yeah. creating their own endings. Right. And I was like, this is intense. Like, and then I actually saw like, um, I think it was when the finale uh, aired. Uh, there was a petition going online saying like, I want y'all to redo this. <laughs> I think that that's how much they hated it. And what was so funny was that the Emmys were this, uh, like, two weekends ago. Uh, Game of Thrones actually won, like, best drama TV show <laughs> uh, at the Emmys. And I was like, I don't know if, they're, if the fans should be happy or if they should be upset. <laughs> and then, because uh, when they went up there to go accept the award, like, the writers did not look pleased at all that oh. they won. <laughs> Because they know they've been getting a lot of negative uh, opinions about the uh, last season about it. Yeah. So, so I thought it was just really, really funny to That's see. That's crazy. And then actually the other website is uh, on, it's called, uh, my fan picture that is on, it's called Archive of Our Own. So oh, I can, Archive uh, of Our Own? Yeah, so okay. I can definitely send you a, a link to that uh, cool. whenever we're done with this. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I, I think that is really interesting how people do like those cliffhangers, like yeah. the ending to a season or the ending to anything, because it, that's what that's what draws people in. That's what makes them want to continue watching. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you can do that with your fan fiction, like that's gonna catch on. Like people will be like, oh, well, what happens next? Right. Like, if, you, if you can create that what happens next mm -hmm. type uh, mentality with your stories, then they're gonna, they're gonna skyrocket. Right. Um, is there anything else that you do with, uh, so you say you do the Comic-Con and then, uh, you doing the podcast? Is there anything else that you're doing with the uh, comics? Um, are you reading them? <laughs> yeah, I read, of course I'm reading them. Uh, it's actually been a while since I've been to a comic store. It's been over a month, I wanted to say, because I know I'm behind on an X Men storyline right now called House of X and Powers of X. Mm. Uh, that's written by uh, the great Jonathan Hickman, and so I I read like the first few issues and then like. I got this job and I've just been, you know, so busy with yeah, it. Yeah. And so, like, okay, I haven't been back to the comic store in a month. I actually like need to go back soon because now I'm getting far behind with it. And that storyline is about to end, I think, uh, next week or uh, the following week after next. So it's just like, I need to go That's back crazy. and so. And it's so hard to keep up with comics because uh, they either release, uh, they release new issues Sometimes they do it weekly, mm -hmm. but they do it. They mostly do it monthly. So there's new issues like every uh, month, and there's so many comics out there right now. You're just like, okay, which one do I want to read? Which one do I want to read? It's it's just so many out there. Like you can barely keep up with it. See, that's what, when you had said, um, you know, they're on this issue this way. I'm like, they keep up with it like that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you said that they usually do it monthly. Mm -hmm. um, do they have like dates for like, hey, we'll be done with it at this point, or do you just like find out this is? I think I think they usually uh, it depends on the writer or writers. They say, like, hey, we're going to end this, you know, uh, end this issue at blah 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 blah, or you just have to like wait until they say like this is the end right here. Mm. So it, it just all depends on the writer uh, at that point. Oh, okay, that's crazy. Well, it's. 
It's been a little while, so it's kind of late, yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you for coming on. And, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Thank yeah, you. for sure. And uh, tell everybody your, your podcast again that you've been on and what else you, whatever else you need to plug into. All right, so uh, I'll plug in our podcast. It's called The East Coast Avengers. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Um, you want follow us on Twitter is at East Coast Avengers. Uh, Avengers is without the E, so it will be E A S T C O A S T A B N G R S. So that's our Twitter page, and then we just created an Instagram page last week. Uh, it's E C A underscore podcast. So E C A underscore P O D C A S T. And if you want to uh, follow me on social media. Uh, if you think I'm interested, I'm like, hey, <laughs> definitely. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Dominic Jamil M. That's D O M I N I C J E R M E A L M. Uh, that's both my Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Dominic Middleton is just my name. And Snapchat, you guys are on Snapchat, uh, D J M I D D L T O N. Uh, those are all my social media, so if you want to follow me, follow me, and I'll follow back. Awesome. Everybody follow him or stop watching my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for coming on, Dominic, right. and uh, maybe you. I have you on after the, you know, some crazy movies have happened, and uh, I, I don't know a lot about comics, <laughs> but maybe I might get on y'all's podcast or something. I don't know. Hey, I'm happy to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in, and see you next time. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to Romero Records Podcast on your favorite platform. Whenever you get the chance, if you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe. Subscribing lets me know that there are people actually listening. If you don't hit subscribe, I have no idea that you're listening to this podcast. None whatsoever. Also, if you need some visuals, you can go to YouTube. That's right. The podcasts are on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, type in Romero Records Podcast, whatever episode you want to check out, I've got them all on there so you can get some visuals of me and the guests that I bring on. So hit subscribe on YouTube as well. Like whatever podcast you're watching and then also leave a comment. Say some stuff about whatever the episode you're watching and that would be awesome. Thank you for everyone tuning in and stay tuned.